What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another episode of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys have had an amazing weekend as we closed out the month of February. And uh, we had a leap day or a day for leap year, however you, you classify that. I hope you guys made the most of it as now we are in the month of March. March madness, all sorts of cool things happening in this month. Listen, I want to say thank you, as I often do, for your continued support of all things connected to The Faction. Uh, whether you follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show, or you subscribe to our podcast, or you share what we're doing with a friend, we really Really, really appreciate it. And if you haven't currently done that, go ahead and do that. Click the follow button, subscribe to the podcast, and share what we're doing with a friend. So it's been a very big weekend in the world of pro wrestling. A lot has happened. We're going to hit on as much as we can. It started, of course, Friday with SmackDown, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, which was on the heels of the very controversial Super Showdown pay-per-view that saw Bill Goldberg defeat the fiend Bray Wyatt to become the Universal Champion. So we spent some time Friday talking about that. What would the fallout be considering that not just would Goldberg show up, but John Cena was advertised to show up as well? We didn't know what he would say. We didn't know what he would do. Well, we found out a couple of things. As we predicted on Friday, looks like Goldberg's next opponent is Roman Reigns, and they will collide at WrestleMania 36. And so, yeah, you guys have had quite the reaction and response to Goldberg versus Reigns, Spear versus Spear. Some have said it's going to be the bathroom break. Not a whole lot of people are really looking forward to it, but the ending seems predictable. It seems as though this is how Roman Reigns will uh, finish his journey back to the Universal Championship after having to relinquish it for handling his battle with leukemia. Well, it's been a year since his return, and uh, some some would say it's probably the right way to do it. However, if you ask the fans in Boston and you go back and watch SmackDown, you'll find that they felt like a lot of the internet community feels they didn't like either of these guys. So I wonder the response that will happen in Tampa for WrestleMania 36 for Roman Reigns versus Goldberg. But we know for sure that that match is happening. What we also know for sure is how SmackDown ended. It ended with John Cena making a return to his hometown of Boston and a return to WWE, believe it or not, it's the first time Cena has been on SmackDown since it has moved to Fox. And with that said, it sounded as though he was preparing to retire, that he did not want a space at WrestleMania. In his words, he was going to leave it to the young guys who are here on a regular basis. But then the lights would go out and the former Universal Champion would show up, The Fiend. And in a move that seemed incredibly odd, instead of The Fiend completely freaking out John Cena, he stands at the top of the rampway and points to WrestleMania to signal The Fiend versus John Cena at WrestleMania. Cena tips his cap, and now we've got The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, versus John Cena at WrestleMania. So... Let's dig a little bit. First and foremost, the inconsistency that continues to happen at WWE is just mind 
glowing. So you have The Fiend, who made his introduction shortly after WrestleMania 35. These amazing vignettes. His first match is at SummerSlam against Finn Balor. He's pretty much been undefeated. He becomes a universal champion on Halloween in Saudi Arabia. And now he goes to Saudi Arabia to lose it to Goldberg, a part-timer. Then you come back, and now the former champion does not haunt Goldberg, does not make attempts at the Universal Championship, but instead pursues John Cena. There is absolutely no consistency with what WWE's plan seems to be. What it seems like is they believe that Cena versus Fiend and Goldberg versus Reigns is going to put more eyes on WrestleMania than you have with potentially the Fiend versus Roman Reigns. This is where many people thought they were going to go. In fact, there's a clip floating around of Roman Reigns at the SoFi Stadium when they were making the announcement for WrestleMania 37, saying that he would prefer to battle Bray Wyatt because The Fiend has done a ton of work and he's worked super hard and he didn't want to disparage Goldberg, but he said, I'd rather fight The Fiend. I want to pay my attention and focus my attention on the guys who are here versus the guys who are not. This is an interesting point that years ago CM Punk made when he talked about his issue with part-timers coming back and getting a spot at WrestleMania. So let me say this. This is where things are inherently bad about the WWE. The WWE continues to depend on legends to boost their ratings and to give them an uptick at WrestleMania. Case in point, this episode of SmackDown, which featured an appearance from Goldberg as the Universal Champion, started with Goldberg, it ended with Cena, and guess what? It was the third highest rated SmackDown since SmackDown has moved to Fox. We saw a jump from 2.49 million viewers last week to this week, 2.71 million viewers. It's the highest rated episode of SmackDown for 2020. So what does that mean, right? Because there are those, including my good colleague and brother Brandon Clack, who would make this an ode to the Attitude Era. Well, Goldberg, of course, was a part of WCW. That really doesn't count as the Attitude Era. That's more of the Monday Night War. Cena is a product of ruthless aggression. The issue isn't the Attitude Era. The issue is the belief that bringing older superstars back is going to bring back this era of nostalgia and it causes people to tune in. And it seems as though, based on these numbers, that would be, quote unquote, right here's where it's problematic what's problematic is you have put situations together that make us remotely care about what Goldberg is going to do next that make us care about the return of John Cena why can't you make us care about the current superstars who bust their butts from April to March to get an opportunity to apply their craft at Wrestlemania it's the equivalent of Michael Jordan making a comeback at the all-star game or you know any of the other great basketball players or if Lawrence Taylor uh, made a comeback in football or you know like it's just you don't see these quote-unquote legends returning in football in basketball or in any other sport and the fans don't crave that 
Because what they do is the fans get behind whoever the new and upcoming talent is. And here's part of it. Like the upcoming talent, of course, works very hard. And these folks are good. Fans are good with saying, okay, you're done. No more. The problem is we don't have a scenario where we are creating opportunities for us to care about these people. And when you do, when you do give us the Fiend Bray Wyatt, which has been the most unique thing in the world of pro wrestling, regardless of any brand or promotion, what you have is a squash to Goldberg. Just like a couple of years ago, you offered Kevin Owens when that was super fresh for him to be the universal champion. You offer him up to build Goldberg. I am sick of seeing your current superstars who have the ability to carry a WrestleMania, who you trust to carry Raw and SmackDown and NXT every week, getting overshadowed by these quote-unquote legends. This is why it makes people very, very leery of following the WWE because you're not creating new stars and putting the rocket ship on them. During the proposed Attitude Era, you didn't have a bunch of legends coming back for matches against Austin and Rock. Instead, you built it on Austin versus Rock. You built it on Taker versus Mankind. You built it on DX versus The Nation. You built it on your current stars, and that's what made the Attitude Era great. Sure, you had an amazing uh, abundance of talent, but you gave that talent an opportunity to perform. By all accounts, by accounts of current Hall of Famers, etc., etc., the group of people you have working at WWE are the most talented and athletic people you can ever imagine. Why not give them the chance to take the rocket ship and go? I don't know. But that's the issue that you have with WWE and SmackDown. And just because SmackDown was the highest rated SmackDown this year and the third highest since they've moved to Fox doesn't mean that this is right. It just means people are nostalgic. And if you take the time to create new stars, we wouldn't have this issue. And, and clearly we see this being the case with our friends at AEW who brought us their first pay-per-view of 2020 it was AEW Revolution and that took place of course this past Saturday at the Wintrust Arena in downtown Chicago and it was led of course by the big title change John Moxley defeats Chris Jericho to become the new AEW World Champion it's the only title that changed hands but by all accounts on social media and everywhere else people loved this pay-per-view and it wasn't a pay-per-view filled with legends. It wasn't a pay-per-view filled with part-timers. They had done a great job telling stories on AEW Dynamite using their social media platforms. And they have figured out how to get people engaged and they give them an amazing show. So shout out to AEW. We will certainly see the fallout from it this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite. They also announced Blood and Guts, a new event that's coming during Dynamite on March the 25th, and it's going to feature their presentation of War Games. So for the first time, War Games is going to be on free television. Now, I'm going to wait until Wednesday with the guys to discuss the impact of 
war games on free television is that a wcw caliber mistake or is it marketing genius we'll get into that on wednesday but what i do want to say is there were so many developments coming out of aew revolution many are touting the tag team title match between the young bucks and hangman and kenny omega to be a match of the year candidate which is saying something if you consider all of the great matches that have happened in aew and in nx a pretty significant moment in the history and the life of AEW. And so I'll say this, congratulations on an amazing job. We're still waiting to see what the buy rate is. My only question when it comes to AEW, I really think they're starting to hit a wave of momentum as it pertains to storytelling, getting us invested. I mean, and they have a great deal of diversity. I mean, you have everything from, of course, the Young Bucks uh, versus Omega and Hangman Page to, of course, the title match involving uh, John Moxley and Chris Jericho, which, by the way, we don't even look at as two former WWE guys. We know they are, but Jericho has put in amazing work. John Moxley has put in amazing work. Shout out to him who this time last year was finishing up his contract with WWE. What a difference a year makes. Since then, he currently is the AEW World Champion and the IWGP United States Champion. We can call him hashtag Moxley Two Belts. It's a significant moment and it shows again what Cody Rhodes proved a couple of years ago what Kurt Angle proved years ago that there is room for you outside of the WWE machine and for Moxley to pretty much make us forget about Dean Ambrose is a significant move so shout out to him shout out to Cody uh, a big match between Cody and MJF Dustin Rhodes against uh, Jake Hager which was his debut there were so many pieces of this story for this pay-per-view that just made all kinds of sense the challenge for AEW is this how do you make your product affordable to the average or casual fan now, I know some will say, why is that even an issue? Well, AEW has figured out their niche. They figured out their target audience. But at the end of the day, uh, when your pay-per-views are running $49.99 in an era where not just in WWE, but pick a promotion, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, you can even pick independent promotions. They're only asking people for $10 a month uh, to access their content, which includes pay-per-view events. So the question for AEW right now is not about ratings. It's about what do you do to get this product in front of more people for a pay-per-view situation. That's another discussion we will likely have on Wednesday's show. So I just want to leave you with that food for thought. I want to get your ideas. Number one, did you watch AEW Revolution? Number two, are you totally good with AEW charging $49.99 a month or $59.99 a month? For our international fans, the price varies from $19.99 or $30. Are you good with that? Does that work for you? Or do you think they need some sort of streaming platform and option much like the other pro wrestling organizations have? 
have for you to be able to enjoy their product? And what kind of content do they need as well? Because let's face it, there have only been X number of uh, situations that they've had with AEW Dynamite. So they don't have like years and years of content, much like WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, etc. So are they kind of a, a victim right now of a lack of content to create a, a, a streaming situation? Or should they just go for it and add content as needed? I want to get your thoughts on that. So let me know what you think on social media via all of our platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell me what you think about AEW and going forward, their streaming platform potentially, what you think about SmackDown. Does the WWE need to continue to bring in legends, not just to boost ratings, but to make WrestleMania interesting? Or do they have enough talent right now to make it work. Let me know right now via social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at The Faction Show. Some quick reminders for this week. Of course, we've got our big weekly show happening on Wednesday, which will be available exclusively here via podcast. Also, it's show week at Southern Honor Wrestling. SHW 18 goes down this Friday. We'll be premiering the SHW Experience on Wednesday on our Facebook page at Southern Honor Wrestling, where you'll be able to preview SHW 18 so check it out and of course if you can make it here to the Atlanta area tickets are available at southernhonorwrestling.com where you can be in the house for our IWTV taping it's going to be incredible and if you've been missing what's been happening with Southern Honor go to independentwrestling.tv for more information and to sign up and again that's only $10 a month okay so with that said Until next time, it's your man GB representing for Courtney and Clack, and we call this The Faction.